Odrins. Let them hate me, so long as they fear me. Greetings, mortals, and welcome to A Podcast But Evil. I'm Doug Leaf. I'm Dan Oster. And this week, we are talking about Caligula, the original Kinky Boots. Which <laughs> a reference for me. someone. <laughs> I know, a reference for someone who already knows the reference. So, yeah, I will talk about it, but Caligula is not his real name. His, that, that actually means little boots, is what that means. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, we're I didn't know that either. Stuff. So, yeah. Uh, and and ideally, this will be a shorter episode because it's hot as balls, as the kids say, and our yep. air conditioners are off because we're recording audio, and Doug is crouched in his closet mm-hmm. <laughs> away from the the ball and chain. <laughs> <laughs> And then two little balls. One of those moments where you try to find a different phrase and you can't. So you just go with the one. Hi, Amy. I know you listen to this. I know. I was going to (laughs) say. Maybe she's not a Caligula fan. Maybe she'll skip this one. Anyway. Hi, Amy. All right. Uh, so you want to do uh, just a quick thing, of course, before we get going on the, the ins and outs of good old Caligula. Just a reminder that we do really appreciate if you could uh, drop us a review on iTunes. That helps us increase the visibility of the podcast. Yeah, I know you're us- out there. I know yeah. there are people listening. I've gotten emails. My friend Micah, who I haven't talked to in a long time, very talented artist, goes by Micah Monkey. He sent me an email saying that he enjoyed the podcast. I don't know if you left a review, Micah, but if you are so inclined, we'd appreciate it. It's nice to know that people are listening. Yeah, uh, we really appreciate you. And, uh, you know, Dan and I would be doing this just by ourselves for funsies if no one was listening, but uh, we're, we're very glad to have you. So, Dan, uh, this is an interesting uh, uh, character or, or figure in our, our pantheon. I'm curious as to why you uh, you wanted to go with Caligula this time. Oh, this around. was I my I choice? <laughs> no, I, th- I threw it out there and you were like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, well, um, now you're so, misrepresenting me. Yeah, Caligula. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a Caligula head. No, um... I know very little about this figure, but I know that he's got some weird shit going on. Mm-hmm. That is sort of his thing. When he comes up, right? You know, we're improvisers, and I think improvisers always know, like, a little about everything. So if Caligula... Right, the, the drop-down menu comes up when someone suggests Caligula, and you're like, okay, I got, yeah. like, four things I know. Right, what you can know? I do? And it'll be, like, a crazy orgy and, like, appointing your horse to the Senate you know, things like that. So I know that he was a Roman emperor and I know that he went crazy. Apparently that happened from time to time, guys like Nero and Caligula, but he was like really interesting in the ways that he went crazy. But that's really, I don't know much. Again, it's like when you get into classical history, you're getting way out of my zone. Um, Yeah, this is, I'm I'm in the same boat as you. I, I, you know, I didn't know a whole lot about him coming in other than his reputation. Right. And I think as we'll get into it, one, the reputation is very well deserved. But two, I thought he was farther along in the Roman Empire. Like this kind of behavior, you kind of associate with the, the fall. collapse. Yeah, he's emperor number three. Oh wow! So we're already, you know, only three guys in, and we're in trouble. And two, he only was emperor for just a smidge under four years. So can you imagine, Dan, a world leader <laughs> who is the, the sound cue that I'm looking for <laughs> that I want I mean, to put in? Here's the softball pitch, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For less than four years, is this guy's in power. And for so millennia yeah. afterwards is associated with <laughs> like the worst of 
that human leaders can offer. What do I know about Caligula? He could drink water with one hand. He could walk <laughs> down ramps. Uh, he <laughs> passed the test where you had to circle the giraffe. Uh, what yeah. do I know about him? Oh, they were amazed, Dan. They were so amazed oh, he could circle God. the they, giraffe. They threw a, a month-long celebration. Yeah. yeah. They slaughtered actual giraffes in honor of him <laughs> passing his cognitive test. Uh, they did slaughter. I remember reading this. They did actually slaughter some like 180,000 of some animal when he became emperor. You know, as part the, of the excess celebration. of the Roman Empire, and it's interesting because this was apparently early on. Uh, but the excess of the Roman Empire is always a kind of a fun read. I did go to the Colosseum back in the day with our mutual friend, Mike O.T., uh, hmm. And we were there and listening to the audio tour. And I remember the only thing I remember, I remember two things. One, we saw Andy Garcia, hmm. uh, not part of the tour. He was just there. <laughs> and two, they were told the story that apparently a whale had washed up on shore. And this was like a, this was a big deal. People were talking about the whale. Okay. Not a lot <laughs> going on back then. People okay. were talking about the whale. And so to celebrate or commemorate it, they lifted up because they had these like this lower chamber, right? You know, in the Colosseum. And so they, they raised up on a platform a wooden whale and it opened up and out tumbled 50 bears. <laughs> that was, and I think they may have just then killed the bears. I can't remember that part of it. But I was just like, what kind of like cocaine fueled lead pipe, <laughs> you know, <laughs> delivering your water uh, moment was that where someone's like, no, 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 no. We're going to have a, a whale and 50 bears. That's what people want. <laughs> the Michael Bay of ancient <laughs> Rome. <laughs> right. More is more. Uh, yeah. Anyway, this is me stalling because I don't know much about Caligula, but we've, okay. we've kind of danced around it. Uh, yeah. Roman emperor. I just, as I got from you, third Roman emperor and uh, batshit. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so one of the things I, I found really interesting about reading this is, background on Caligula is people kind of tend to glaze over with history. But if you have the right people presenting it to you, you forget that like, oh, man, millions of people tune in to watch Game of Thrones. And like this shit is Game of Thrones as fuck. Like, it, it is the real deal. So to get to Caligula, we kind of got to rewind a little bit to kind of set the stage for who this guy was and how he came to power, because that's all really interesting, too. So we'll hit you with the high school history basics. So Julius Caesar is assassinated in 44 B.C., which kicks off a war in Rome between his handpicked successor, Augustus Caesar, Octavius uh, Augustus Caesar, Caesar's right-hand man, Mark Antony, and another guy named Lepidus. Those three guys form uh, what became known as the Triumvirate, and they ultimately succeeded in beating back the forces that behind Caesar's assassination, Brutus and Cassius. Eventually, the Triumvirate falls apart when Mark Antony sides with Cleopatra a little too closely. Lepidus gets shipped off to nowhere. Antony and Cleopatra both die. Thus ends the Shakespeare plays with Octavius Caesar, uh, Augustus, as the first emperor of Rome. And his reign is a few decades long and pretty stable. By all accounts, it seems like this part of the Roman Empire, we're off to a decent start here. And then things quickly turn south. So the problem with any empire, because it's a monarchy, is you have to deal with succession. And Augustus does not have a direct heir to the throne in line. So he says, who do I need, want to succeed me afterwards? And he goes with, well, there's this guy, Tiberius. Tiberius is a very successful general, military leader. He does have some familial link to Augustus. And nobody likes him. He is by They wanted Bernie. 
Pretty much. No, it's it's more like he's Tiberius is more like a Dick Cheney. Like this guy had to be taught. Like you can tell he has to like take smile lessons and gets like a C plus. Like he's just he's not liked at all. He's a real unwashed asshole. And so to (laughs) to kind of offset that. Is that a common expression? I heard it. Or I'm using, using it. it. Or is this an ancient Roman expression that you've just dropped in and unwashed? Oh, asshole. you know, the, you know, Roman bathhouses were very popular for this <laughs> yes. reason. Um, Who brought the unwashed asshole, they would say. So Augustus says, well, here's my plan is I'll set it up where I'll say, you know, Tiberius will be next in line. And after him will be this guy, Germanicus. And Germanicus is a younger general and is liked by everybody. Germanicus is Caligula's father. So what happens, of course, is after Augustus is gone, Tiberius takes over as emperor number two. Tiberius knows he's got this much more popular guy waiting in the wings. So not surprisingly, Germanicus is poisoned, most likely. He dies under suspicious circumstances. This is his father? No, Germanicus is oh, Germanicus is Caligula's father. Oh, okay. So, so Germanicus, know, I'm sorry, was popular. Uh, just a completely separate guy was popular. And what was his deal? Why was so, he the, so the, the plan was Augustus thought like, well, everyone's going to like Germanicus, but he hasn't quite earned it yet. He's not as senior as Tiberius is. So the oh, plan okay. is Tiberius is older. I'll give it to him. Tiberius will die. It'll go to Germanicus. Perfect oh, plan, except Ty- Germanicus why, died why first. Why do that? Why Germanicus died? Okay, but right. why, why not just give it to him? You, you thought maybe, oh, he'll give him a little time? Well, remember, Tiberius is a very powerful military leader. And in Rome, if you run the army, you really run the show. So if he had passed over Tiberius, that wouldn't have looked right either. Within so you couldn't really coup, do that. Tib- kind of Ger- a- well, Germanicus is much younger than Tiberius is. So right. he hasn't quite earned the stripes to be next in line for the Roman Empire. And where is Tiberius coming out of? He is, I don't even mean by where. I mean, he is, a, like I said, he's a general. He is a high-ranking military figure. Right. So, um, But this, he is related. He at is, this I mean, point, yeah. we're basically having military rule of the country. That was always the case with, with I mean, you look at Julius Caesar. Julius right. Caesar put himself in that position by virtue right. of his military prowess. So this is what we've got. We basically got this, what is it, a, a junta? Is that what they call it? Yeah, it's like the world's most foremost junta, except yeah. like sort of legitimized. Okay. But, you know, remember, like, we just had a violent over, like, Caesar violently overthrows the existing order. He gets assassinated. That You know, like, so the Roman Empire is not exactly stable. There's a little bit of a, like, might makes right attitude already right kind of baked into this civilization. So you don't want to have the military against you. Uh, You need them on your side to really accomplish what you want to accomplish. So Tiberius jumps, bumps off Germanicus. Tiberius rules for several decades. Poisons him. Okay. Not directly, obviously. Oh yeah. Mysterious circumstances. Yeah. So he, I mean, it's possible. I mean, Germanicus is also a military figure. He's involved in military campaigns. It's possible that, you know, someone who, you know, on the other side of that conflict killed him too. It's not necessarily Tiberius, but he's the guy with the most motive to want him off. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want another more popular guy in the military challenging your position. So he's gone. Tiberius is not a good emperor. He's a tyrant. He is not well liked. He has a lot of kangaroo courts that he uses to get rid of unliked, you know, or, or dissidents or other people. And that back sti- then, a yeah. kangaroo court meant that actual literal kangaroos. Kangaroos. No, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I mean, to give it's you an idea, of, yeah. So to give you an idea of like how unlikable Tiberius was, or you know how disliked he is, this is the Roman emperor under which the entire Christ story happens. Well, not not his birth, but the Roman Empire that Jesus is railing against is this guy. It was Tiberius. It's Tiberius. He's he's the one who's the emperor when basically all the major events of Jesus's life happen. Hmm. His adult life. So, which again, of course, as we know, Doug is the. True account of the Masaka. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> this is a firmly Christian podcast. 50%. <laughs> I'm not. No, I, am, I am much more into the, the Superman story than I am to the Christ story, but okay. You've got yeah. at least some Catholic cred. I'm Jewish. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, but no, so, you know, again, how did Jesus die, right? crucified. This is a popular form of death during Tiberius's rule. So mm. one know, of the leading not, causes of death under Tiberius is <laughs> like heart is, yeah. disease and crucifixion. Right. So he is very much disliked um, and he knows it. Uh, so he, he, he hates, after a while he hates being emperor. He kind of retreats to, oh. he's got a, a villa on the Island of Capri. This is his Mar-a-Lago. So he goes <laughs> and he hangs out there and he spends all his time there. Now, Caligula gets that name. Like I said, it means little boots. And when he was very, very young, like a toddler, he is out on uh, at a military camp with following around his father. And so his mother dresses him up in a little soldier outfit. So the other soldiers call him Caligula, little boots. His real name is Gaius. Uh, is it, it's Gaius Julius Caesar Germanicus. So his name is Gaius, and he would have, I think, very much resented being called Caligula. That name kind of stuck with him after his death or was used oh, by his enemies to kind like, of an insult. you know. Okay. Yeah, it's like, here's your childhood nickname, that that's what you're going to be known by for the rest of history. It's, right. you know, it's to minimize him. Now, of course, deservedly so, because as we'll see, he's a rotten guy in his own right. right. Um, but Much like maybe down the line we'll say, you know, there was uh, – Obama, then this orange piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, was that his real name? Well, it was a name that people started using. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> not his ta- not his birth name, right? Not his birth name, yeah. Um, so Tiberius doesn't just get rid of Germanicus. He kills Caligula's older brothers. Damn. And he sends his mother and his sisters off into exile. He basically is like, I want this family, you know, under my thumb. And the, and in, but instead of killing Caligula, I think it's it's unclear why he did this. It could be out of some sort of pity. It could be out of the sense that well, Germanicus is popular and if I kill his entire male line, that won't sit well with people. It might be seen as too harsh, he's too young, or maybe it's some sort of really just sadistic mindfuck. But he says, Caligula, you're going to come live with me here on Capri. You know, it's interesting. Some of this, it's a shame that Caligula ended up being a nutcase because it sort of sounds like a great origin story for like a hero, you know? His yeah, no, he's got this like awesome, yeah. exactly. Like his his family's wiped out. He's the son of a popular guy. Right. Like, you know, all of this stuff should. He doesn't realize who he really is. And then, you know, when he's 18, he finds out he's a wizard. No, he actually, finds the amulet. Yeah, <laughs> It's a very well, different Harry Potter story when Harry just realizes that he is a chemical. Well, what's adult. interesting is we'll get to it. But when when he does become emperor, this story is kind of known, and he is, when he comes into power, the Roman populace loves him. 
at first, right? They, they are behind him, and it is this, you know, because of this uh, great cin- backstory kind of a thing. Yeah, he's got this Cinderella story to go yeah. with it. Is that what happened um, to Cinderella? <laughs> yeah, well, murdered? right. Well, not her dad died. That's something. That's from the like the when they do these like gritty like uh, you know uh, what was it what was that one that was like and the was like Snow Kingdom. White and the Huntsman and the Snow That's White it. and the Huntsman and then there was another one recently it was like it was the Nutcracker and the Four Realms or something yeah like be like a Cinderella apocalypse uh, anyway, yeah all right I'm feeling very uh, chatty today I'm sorry Doug I'm gonna derail yeah. you a lot well that, it's a good thing we're in this audio medium then <laughs> um, so. Uh, so he spent Caligula spends like five six years on Capri, just basically sort of. I guess maybe it's that Tiberius just wants to keep an eye on him, but Tiberius uses this villa like this is the Playboy Mansion for him. A lot of like really you know perverse shits going down, and Caligula is this like an Epstein is, compound kind of a thing. Yeah, like basically, and 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 Caligula is there absorbing this. He's taking part in it. So we're gonna get to a point in the story where. Some historians would describe it as like Caligula turns, you know, he breaks bad. But there's a lot of evidence to suggest that there's, you know, he's got some screws loose way before we get there. And whether it's the, you know, as a result of the tragedy that befell his family, or maybe it's just that there's a month, he just happens, he is a monster. And mm. it's a pretty yeah, tragic a- story, though, thus far. You know, I know it happened a long time ago, you know, a couple thousand years ago. And, so it, it just seems like very distant, but to humanize this guy, I mean, he's been dealt a pretty shitty hand here. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a little like, you know what it is? It's a little like Bruce Wayne and the idea of like, well, his family is subjected to this tragedy, but he's still a billionaire. You know, he's got, you know, and Caligula's bloodline, like that that family is, you know, as blue-blooded as you could get for ancient Rome. You know, they're they're very wealthy, they're very powerful, you know, they're famous, so, you know, he's got all that behind him, again, when he eventually will rise to power after Tiberius dies, himself under mysterious circumstances. So for six years, Caligula hangs out on Capri, He probably has a lot of weird sex, um, <laughs> but he befriends a guy named Macro, known, of course, for his very well-formatted letters. And Macro is a high-ranking military guy. He's the, I believe he's the head of the Praetorian Guard, which is... That's like the elite, right? Yeah, it's like the equivalent of like the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff here in America. That's like, you run the armed forces. You, you're the head of the Pentagon, mm-hmm. right? So this guy is right under Tiberius and Caligula... He's always he's asking for funding for like bigger spears... More effective spears, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> in in uh, Sid Meier civilization terms, he's building a lot of triremes. Okay, <laughs> um, so. that's for the that's for the kinky boots crowd from earlier. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so he, you know, again, Tiberius is not well liked, uh, so he's kind of ripe for being bumped off, and he again dies under mysterious circumstances. Not maybe he wasn't murdered, but he. There's a good chance that Macro was behind the murder. Okay. At, you know, his head fell to help. Off. Yeah, you're right. His, <laughs> his head, you know, he took that ribbon around his off his neck and then off it went. How did he die? Uh, gosh, I can't remember. I'm blanking on that right okay. now. But I, I want to say it's probably something similar. It's like poison? Yeah. Question mark? Right. So he's dead. And Rome, you know, seeing, you know, Caligula as this golden boy son of Germanicus come into power as... Uh, oh, Tiberius actually names Caligula his next in line, which is you know, probably not smart. 
him knowing what he did to get his job. That's really so, that relationship seems really interesting. Yeah, it the is son a weird of your life. enemy, and then you you know you raise in your weird ass villa, and then you name as your successor. I, 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 yeah, wow, that's that's got to be a weird story there. Yeah, there's a lot there. I you know I didn't have time to go into all of this in as much detail as I would have liked, but you know there's did definitely. Did you watch the and, movie? You mean I Claudius? Is that what it is? That's the that's well. The there's, I, I think there's a movie. There's a movie about Caligula. I think just called Caligula. There is the I Claudius miniseries. That's the kind of infamous one, right? That's sort of like strangely adult or something. For the yeah, time? I think so. I watched a few clips of it, but not much. Okay. Um, I, I mostly just watched, uh, you know, read uh, history stuff and um, watched a few like biographies and things to to get the general sense of this. Part of the problem is, of course, with anything in the ancient world, is you know, there's gaps in the history. There's people writing these histories that are actually you know lived 150 years after it happened, and they're writing the histories. So, which is true know, of um, the Gospels. Yes, those are not contemporary you know, so, accounts. Yeah. Yeah, so you're getting a little bit of, you know, everything's with a slight grain of salt. If only the, we had a little more. But we still have a pretty general sense of the broad strokes. I do have a question, though, about Caligula. You know, there's a tradition at this point, early, well, he's, Tiberius is the second emperor here, but of naming military people. Did he get any military training? Did they give him a little, no. a little bit of that? Okay. You know, he's too young. He didn't really have any. He was, I think, in his late teens when he gets, uh, you know, invited, in quotes, to Capri, you know, basically virtually kidnapped. He's like, yeah, in his late teens. And when Tiberius dies, I think he's 24 when he becomes emperor, something like that. Yeah. So in 24, he is handed the keys to the entire Roman Empire. And he is swept in again with, you know, adoring crowds and festivals because people think, finally – this Tiberius asshole is gone. Where you know, where where we can get out from under his tyrannical regime. And what did Tiberius do that was so disliked? Primarily, from what I can tell, it was the way he did everything he could to suppress dissent. That was a big part of it. You also now had like far. You know, we're now way out of bounds in terms of Italy, right? We're we're talking about expanding the Roman Empire farther and farther into, you know, up into Northern Europe, out into uh, Judea, right, where uh, Egypt is now under the Roman Empire. So when you talk about descent, you've got a lot of people that are conquered. Right, newly conquered. Not not thrilled about that, right? Again, look at, you know, again, look at the Christ story. Like, here's what he's doing to put down descent in uh, in Palestine. I can't keep track of all these gods. They got all these crazy gods. (laughs) Nail them to the wall. Yeah. so, you know, he's he's doing everything he can. And, of course, none of this stuff is just. It's all just, at best, a pretense. So, you know, no one likes him. He'd have these public torturings and executions. There's really no check stuff. on someone's power at that point, huh? No, that's, that's the empire business. I mean, you have yeah. a Senate. You do have the Roman Senate. But it's really just like a puppet – Senate. Yeah, I, you know, I, I wish I knew a little more about the structure of the Roman government there to understand what the division of power was. It was like a bunch of Susan Collinses. <laughs> they're all they were all, they're all very concerned. Yes, about yes. Tiberius's actions. Yeah. <laughs> the level of crucifixions that are happening have me very troubled, disconcerted, <laughs> vexed. Uh, I'm you know, all those good. I, I, I'm not afraid to say it. All those good Susan Collins words for. Uh, what she is. Um, okay. Caligula takes power. There's feasts and festivals. He starts throwing money around. He raises the pay of the military dramatically to help 
curry favor with them. He, you know, again, is uh, just hosting all of this parties, essentially, for everybody in Rome. And people are lapping it up. They're like, yes, you know, finally. And then in October of the year he took power, he gets very sick and is like literally hanging between life and death for a few weeks. And some historians will say that when he came back, he didn't come back the same. So there's a little bit of like almost a horror movie aspect to it. You know, this mysterious illness turned him from this golden boy emperor into the monster he would become. But again, as we know, there's some indications of monsterism before this, his weird attraction to his sister, for example. Well, Um, I haven't seen his sister, so I can't speak to that. Yeah, they could be very hot, right? Yeah, maybe this Uh, was a completely rational attraction. (laughs) (laughs) Totally justified Have you seen her? Jesus. So, yeah, no, there was already indications that something was wrong with him. Um, they definitely borrowed but, that for Gladiator. I think that's a thing, isn't it? Uh, yeah, Emperor Joaquin Commodus. Phoenix. Commodus, yes. Yeah. Who was a real emperor? He is a real emperor. I don't know um, if he uh, it was anything like he's portrayed in that movie. I, sure. I, have to look that I mean, his name is Commodus. I always thought, yeah. <laughs> I thought that, like, but they just <laughs> invent that. Uh, but anyway, his. It's his sister that he has this like strange predatory relationship with, if I recall in that movie. Right. And yeah. Caligula definitely did that for real. Okay. He's very, very into his sister Drusilla. So after he returns from almost death, I think part of what set him off was, you know, when you have an emperor that is hanging by a thread the government starts to XXV amendment him and is worried about, you know. That's the 25th Amendment for yeah. those of you who don't know Roman numerals. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's worried about what's going to happen. They're worried about it. So they're starting, you, you, he comes back and he realizes people have been envisioning a world without him. And that probably starts setting into his, you know, paranoia. And pretty much from then on out, we get evil Roman emperor shit on a much grander scale. And remember, this guy's only like 25 at this point. Right. So he's got a so, good decade or two of life left in him. Easy. Right. <laughs> so he's, um, you know, he's. He he's wants to live to e- see old age, you know, 45. So he starts in on, you know, wh- which axis of evil leadership do you want to go on? You want to go on debauchery? You want to go on political evils? You want to go on all, all of this stuff starts setting in pretty quickly. His. Sexual appetites are notorious, not just for the amount of sex he likes having and who he likes having it with, but he really likes debasing the Roman Senate. Um, so he fucked the Roman Senate? Not quite. <laughs> uh, give, uh, hold on. <laughs> he would invite senators and their wives to his villa for dinner parties. No. He would then take the wife of some prominent senator – Go defile her, maybe for months at a time. After that, you know, he would just take he would take her, and then eventually give her back, and then basically tell him to kiss the ring because he, they would know and then that, that if that they, senator would endorse him later. Uh, they, yeah, I mean, no, I mean, it, it's no, like that's I. It's nice to know that we're at least a little more civilized now. It's just uh, he'll call your wife ugly, you know, and you'll you know, still exactly. thank him Think for about it. that. It's exactly that, right? It really is. That I mean, come on. I know I always want to bring Trump into it, but that's amazing. No, it's exactly like it's worse. It's like it's literally like okay, Ted Cruz, 
Trump called you the Zodiac killer. He said your father killed Kennedy and your wife was ugly. And here you are licking his balls every day, right? <laughs> now imagine he actually then, went. He would have you lick he would his fuck your wife for like months <laughs> and then have you do that. <laughs> well, you know what? If he has a second term, Doug, I think we may see some of that. <laughs> yeah. But like. And it's all just a flex. It's all just to be wow. like, look how powerful I am that wow. I can do this and there ain't shit you can do about it. You're going to have to yeah. smile while while this happens. Shit. I mean, that really is that is a power move. That's all that real that's all that is. Using that and, using sex yeah. as a weapon. Uh, and when you talk disgusting. about when and when people talk about Caligula as the mad Roman emperor, madness implies a lack of control or right. Insanity. That's not what this guy is. You know, I thought that's what it would be. It was yeah, like that's a lot of his like, reputation. Again, that's the improv Caligula. Yeah, or like like you said, Comet, like Joaquin's Phoenix's character in Gladiator. You get the sense that like, man, there's too much lead in the pipes for this guy, right? He's you know, he's not quite all there. There's a little of that with Caligula, but mostly the vibe I get from reading about him is like, no, no. He's not mad. He's drunk with power, maybe. He is a sociopath and maybe a psychopath, but he's not irrational. Every one of these moves hmm. is calculated to inflict maximum right. pain and degradation. So this debauchery that you're speaking of is actually all very strategic. Well, I don't know if it's strategic only in the sense that the strategy is I want to aggrandize myself, and he believes himself invincible. One of the things he – another thing he does – if you're talking about, you know, things bad leaders will do. It was not uncommon for some Romans to be deified after their death. I, I don't know if they looked at that as like the way like maybe sainthood would be today in the Catholic Church. But Caligula declared himself a god while he was still alive. And that is, for a lot of Romans who would consider themselves religious, that's a bridge too far. You know, to, to do that to yourself. And he starts, you know, again, having temples changed over, you know, to, to mm. you know, Statues of himself. Little old ladies, devout Romans who would slaughter goats, you know, every weekend were aghast. But he would basically remodel religious places. You know, he would revamp them in his image. That kind of stuff that doesn't always sit well with people. I mean, I'm not going to go ahead and invoke the president's name again, but I will say that there is that weird deification thing that happens you know i don't think anyone I'm, yeah God. he's there because god must yeah. have put him there yeah right? right how screwed up you'd have to be to think that trump was actually divine i did it but but there is that that connection that religious connection happens and people go oh yeah it's part of god's plan he's an instrument of god jesus christ and it's, it's of course the one thing our country was founded on kicking to the curb like no yes. you don't get to be king because your dad was king we're you know, modern get to, people. You know. We don't think that the person who runs the country is there because an invisible force wants them there. Right. Uh, as I believe as Monty Python would have put it, strange women lying in ponds distributing swords is not a basis for a system of government. Yes. So again, now we've got like this weird religious angle where he is, you know, uh, he is a, a living God and of course demanding tribute as such. So we have that. We have the sex stuff. He starts to do more... I don't, think, I don't know if he marries his sister, but he definitely spends a lot of time with his sister, which, I mean, even in Rome, you know, in ancient Rome, a lot of incest vacations. is not okay. <laughs> okay. Maybe yeah, with, right. I think you could go with your first cousin, right? I think that was yeah. still probably okay, but yeah, um, but yeah brother-sister relations, still not okay. Like even in in Rome, Rome, they were like, you can fuck a mammal, okay? That's fine. We're all human. 
Right. But this guy is he's fucking iguanas and shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, think about I mean, you do have to think about like the even by Who ancient hasn't Roman stuck standards. Who has a loaf of bread? But this guy, he's fucking, he's fucking uh, squashes and stuff. He's crazy. Yeah, like, even by ancient Roman standards, this shit right. is not okay. I'm just trying to okay. think, like, where no. would they go? And that's too much. Yeah, sex with vegetables? Yeah, sex with vegetables. Come on. We're Romans. Yeah. Pasta, <laughs> please. Sex with pasta. Well, yeah, that makes sense. It's warm. It's malleable. <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's why and we twirl it on it. a fork. Yeah. Um, and then maybe, you know, eat it. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't go to waste. Yeah. Years later now, we just think of it as a food. But back then, it was just an elaborate sex toy. Right. So, okay. So we have that, right? We have the, the religious angle, the sex angle. Uh, and then he starts conducting uh, kangaroo courts and trials of his own, just like his predecessor, uh, only making it even worse. So... One of the more fucked up things I, I read about that he would do is, let's say he would take a person who was a dissident, someone who was not basically a friend of the empire, someone he wanted out of the way, and he would hold them trial. They would be convicted of some capital crime and put to death, but they would not be put to death right away. They would, of course, be tortured publicly, likely, over a long period of time, and he would invite, invite again in quotation marks, he would demand that the parents of the condemned be present for this. And of course they would have to smile through the whole fucking thing. Really? Yeah. Like literally they'd have to smile. Well, I mean, I can't imagine they would be, he'd be too pleased with them voicing their displeasure and watching Mm. their child be tortured to death. Wow. So yeah, again, imagine you're, you're not only getting publicly flayed or crucified or whatever, but your mom and dad have to come along and have a nice chat with Caligula well, while this is happening. we've a lot of fun on this podcast, but geez, that really is It's bottom. nightmarish. It's That's really- That's the bottom. Incredible. I mean, that, I don't think you get lower than that. No. And again, it's a flex. It's all just because I'm powerful enough that I can do this and you're going to have to smile and you know laugh at my jokes while this is happening. There's something really strange to me. It's like a, I mean, all of this is so abominable, but it's also like a failure of procedure that there's no way to remove that, you know, to remove somebody who's doing that. Oh, there's Uh, a way. We'll get there. Well, yeah, you know what I'm saying, though? It's like that this persists as long as it does, right? It almost should be the first time somebody does something even remotely that bad. There's a way to eject them, but they don't have that. This is why I said at the beginning it's very important in Rome to have control of the military because that's your that is that's your it. check. That's right. your check is I've I've literally got you know guys with swords and shields that are going to prevent you from getting rid of me. It's still a primitive world, right? This is really might is the only power that matters at this point. Absolutely. I mean like I said the Roman Empire is all might makes right. Yeah. Uh, and that does not to say there aren't good emperors in the bunch. Uh, they're not all nightmares. There's uh, so when he when uh, Caligula gets ganked at the end of his reign, again about four years uh, into his reign, he's walking down an alleyway and is I, th- I think at this point he had pissed off some people in the military and they just stabbed him to death. That was it in an alley. Yeah. Wow. After all that, and what Did, was didn't it? Didn't he have bodyguards or something? Well, here's the interesting part. Uh, from what I had read somewhere, where he was. He was supposed to be somewhere, and at the last minute, he changed his mind and went somewhere else, which is interesting because if you figure people are plotting to assassinate you, 
you know, if you want to kill Lincoln, you got to know he's got a ticket to Ford's Theater, you know, that night, right? And you, that's where you get him. Same with like, okay, we know Kennedy's going to drive through Dealey Plaza and I'll set up shop to kill him when that happens. So it's interesting that Caligula does make this kind of last minute change and he still gets killed, which means they must have been just following him, ready to get rid of him. They were done. And well, we can talk more about some of the other depraved things he did before he died, since we're kind of jumping to the end here. But his uncle Claudius becomes the next emperor of Rome, who's much older. And after Claudius comes Nero. And I didn't do any research on Nero, but obviously his reputation ain't so great either. So, you know, you, you don't get a lot of really stellar again the nero is number five and so we've had two decent ones and three monsters you know by that point but to get back to caligula um, before he gets killed i read about this other interesting thing he built these enormous barges on this lake and madman well that's the madman that he would make boats but again these were like locations where he would take people for these, you know, debauched parties and mm. this was the uh, ancient was version of like a sex yacht. Yeah, it's exactly it's a sex yacht and again it's all about the excess that he's, you know, he's spending crazy amounts of money to do this and again it's all just because I can to do all these horrible things I want to do. And that's kind of him in a nutshell. The one thing you did mention I was a little bummed about because everybody's heard this factoid, the horse, the thing. horse thing, not true. I know. What a he bummer. He fuck horses, though. He uh, might have. Um, <laughs> no, he, if you uh, pissed uh, him off, he would take your horse and he would make yeah. you watch while he fucked it. <laughs> the, the, um, the, the most I, I think that they could verify was that he might have made some kind of a statement about, you know, my horse could do a better job as senator than you. But there's, n- I couldn't find any. It seems like there was the, the the reputable historians I looked at said, yeah, there was no confirmation he actually went followed through on that. Oh, which is I really want to be like. And now with the rebuttal, the honorable Senator Clover. They just have to deal with it. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, no, no, no equine senator, unfortunately. Okay. Um, bummer. Someday. I know. We're gonna get there eventually. Well, now they got to get elected, so he's got to have a good platform, you know. Come on in, Buttercup. So that's that's pretty much the life and times of Caligula. Like I said, he wasn't emperor that long, but it's amazing. Oh, after he died, they, like immediately they were like, let's you know, not scrub him from history, but like all these statues of him were like, yeah. get him out of here, you know, take his all the shit he put his name on, take it off. And there were people actually, that were like, but that's our heritage. What are you doing? Right. No. Well, it had only been, you know, a month or something since he was out of power. Oh, so they, they, you know. yeah, but I finally remember that month. No. Yes. Yeah. How will people know? Yeah. <laughs> what is Leonard Skinnerdicus going to put up at their events? <laughs> so, yeah, he's out uh, and they quickly wipe him out of history to uh, at least to some degree. But like he put his face on coinage and stuff. So we have things left over from that time. Right. But he did accomplish some actual things that persist. So, for example, he built – he did a lot to um, – he built some infrastructure. He built like Roman aqueducts. Um, oh yeah! Is it Infrastructure Week again? Yeah. <laughs> so he did that. He I know he built up some ports. I think that were very important to sea travel. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like he he accomplished nothing in his reign that was of value. But again, 
way overshadowed uh, by everything Doug, else. I believe he accomplished more than any other emperor had in his first three and a half years. <laughs> in his years. first four-year term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd done more than... Everyone's saying. People are saying. He actually built some fucking walls. So I know. I was going to say, like, actually, he sounds better. <laughs> he built some aqueducts. There He's done go. a couple of things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he would, not, you know what? He would have worn a fucking mask. <laughs> yeah, but like, it's interesting. There were like construction projects that were started during his reign that do not bear his name. That like his you know, his predecessors like, no, no, we'll keep building the. I don't know what it was, but you know, some important public building. Yeah. But we're gonna put this emperor's name on it, not Caligula's, right? Because they, again, you know, they did reckon. I mean, look, this is the monument to Emperor Commodus's cock. Yeah. So much for your big project. So there you go. That That is uh, the life and times of Gaius Little Julius boots. Caesar Germanicus. Little, Little boots. boots. Well, uh, a short but memorable reign. Yeah. I, I mean, talk again, we're, we're talking about him 2,000 years later, and you say that name, and again, even if you know nothing like about Caligula, you know like what that name connotes. It's like a, a Roman emperor who was a monster. Well... Let's talk a little bit about why this guy endures 2,000 years later. You know, what is the big thing? And what I'm getting from your story is he went there. You know what I mean? Like, it's just pure excess. Like, just no constraints. That story about torturing and killing someone in front of their parents. I mean, that I really honestly can't think of a worse thing you could do. Yeah, I think, you, as you said, you went there. Um, is There's this interesting... Some people were like, well, we can we can put a man on the moon, right? We want to you know see what's over the next horizon. And for him, it's depravity. Right. You know, he really wanted to like, you know, explore the boundaries of human degradation. And he did it. And not in much time. You know, he's in, in only four years, the first chunk of which actually went smoothly, roughly, you know, and then he gets sick and then all of this happens. So you're really cramming this into more like three years. I mean, it sounds to me rather than him being driven crazy by being sick, it sounds more like what you were kind of saying is that he sensed that people felt he was weak and decided to just go for broke. Well, and you talked about, you used the word strategy. Like, I don't know, there's no strategy to that. You know, other than, you know, again, I'm going to flex my power and you will fear me. Well, there's Maybe. a... Br- there's but a, he clearly enjoys it. You know, this is... Sure, but there is a kind of brutal strategy to it, which is like, I'm going to be... It's shock and awe. I'm going to be so intense. I'm going to show you how terrible I can be that if you even think about crossing me, you're going to regret it. And that keeps people in line, right? It's it's it, just put everybody in a state of fear. As long as you have the muscle to back it up because there's only one of him. Right, but you this know, is and that's the, the problem with power yeah. because if one guy is like, let's get him, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and then everyone around him is like, no, I don't want to end up getting flayed alive. So they just kill the guy who says, let's get him, right? You, can't, you mm-hmm. can't be just the one guy. Everyone needs to kind of do it at once. And that's always been the tricky thing when you have a tyrant that you get enough people. Um, the kid in the Twilight Zone episode, right? It's a The good wishes life. people into the cornfield? Yeah, I think it's called It's a Good Life. It's great, right? It's this omnipotent kid in this town and he holds them all in the grip of fear because he basically can do anything just by thinking it. And they always tell him, oh, it's really good that you did that. You know, it's really awesome that you turned the mailman inside out, you know, <laughs> like, you know, good job, keep doing it. But it's clearly this allegory of when you have somebody in charge who is willing to just do awful things, it's really hard to get everybody because that's what happens at the end of it. There's a guy who's like, 
come on, you know, while he's looking at me, he's mad at me, just get up behind him and just hit him with a lamp or something, you know, we can stop this now. And everyone's like, no, sorry. And they just hang back and then he gets, you know, turned into a jack-in-the-box and wished into the cornfields because that's what was going on in the Twilight Zone in those days. But, like, it's exactly what happens in these situations. Either we all go or one person goes and then they get smoked. And it sounds like that's what keeps this guy going long enough to finally everyone goes, all right, fine, we've had enough. Let's all just do it. Well, that's the that is, I think, the the miracle of modern democracies starting with ours. It's amazing you can say that with a straight face. You know, the benefit is there is still a recognition that power derives from the consent of the governed. And ultimately, people finally, just, as they did with Caligula, it was like, finally, like you said, they said, you know what? Fuck this guy. Why do we have to do what he says? And out he goes, right? So that's why I think, I mean, this is our second tyrant we've done, right? Uh, we've done Idi Amin. And his story ends a little differently. He pissed off. He got deposed by the next country over. They got tired of his stuff. He, he poked the wrong bear. And here it's, you know, Caligula enraging his own people and alienating them to the point where they take him out. But it's fundamentally, it's the same thing, right? It's eventually you make enough people angry and there's repercussions for that. You know, it's, it's over time. And that's the problem, yeah. of course, is how many people have to suffer between the moment you realize that you've got a tyrant on your hands and the moment where people stop thinking about their own self-interest and start thinking about the good of the Republic or the empire, I guess, in this case. But still, it's, you know, when you have everybody just looking out for their own ass, that's what allows this shit to persist, right? This is good men doing nothing. This is, they're just worried that if they step out, they're going to pay the price. And that's always been the problem with these regimes, that everyone's just thinking about protecting their own sad, scared little existence and maintaining it instead of, you know, putting themselves out there and taking a risk. And I guess in this case, stabbing him in an alley. Yeah. I, well, the, I guess the, here is it's kind of not as bad a tale in that it, you know, it does end after about three years of this shit. It always you ends, know, Doug. They, I'm here to tell you, with I believe it. I mean, any student of history, not that I am one, but should be able to tell you that it all ends. It always ends at some well, point. Look at this it, is again, what happens between when it starts and when it ends. Yeah. I mean, but look at Tiberius, right? His predecessor did that shit for over 20 years. Right. And was and was not good. Not a good guy at all. Yeah. I mean, um, when you get back into ancient times, you're talking about suffering sometimes that can last centuries. So let's not, you know, take too much comfort in the fact that things end. But they do. They do end. Eventually, mm-hmm. the bees will be in charge. Yeah. Or the dogs <laughs> with the bees in their mouth that, when okay. they bark, they shoot bees. Yeah. yeah. I, saw, I saw the little hamster. You saw the wheels turning. The wheel no, we had, um, we had, uh, uh, just to digress, we had... Uh, we've had a bee infestation at our house this last week. This isn't going to be like a great colonoscopy story, is it, Doug? No, no. Uh, no, just the terror of realizing, because we've been starting to see like kind of bees around our house or like dead ones in the driveway and stuff. I'm like, well, that's odd. And then finally, like uh, last week, we I looked up and it was like, oh shit, they're all going in and out of this like spot under the eaves. I'm like, that's right outside where my daughter sleeps. So uh, we got to do something about this now. So they've been fumigated and then we're going to have to remove all the honeycomb and stuff. But like I shot this little video of like the guy like spraying the stuff in there and this Hitchcock-esque swarm of bees comes out after him. And I'm like, you know, I know for ecological reasons we need the bees desperately and, you know, we'll be in trouble if they're gone. But they don't have to live in my house. (laughs) So, yeah, just... Fucking terrifying. Anyway, Caligula. <laughs> it was like the colonoscopy story. 
That's not even a story. That's just I had one. I That's know. Not- <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. waiting for the feedback. It's like, why is Dan so cruel to Doug? He's such a nice guy and so knowledgeable. Aww. Like, we hate Dan. Um, this is our relationship. It is. It is. I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm scared of acknowledging that. Uh, that I. I love you, Doug. Uh, there oh, it is. Uh, thanks, buddy. Anyway. <laughs> I, I do think we're we're getting to the end here because, as I mentioned, it is hot as fuck. So, mm-hmm. um, no, but I but I really think that about uh, Caligula. That's my take on this: is that excess depravity. That I mean, my take. That's the world's take. That is why he endures. He went that far and uh, the went into the final frontier of torturous evil behavior. Yeah, absolutely. And again, like when you think of ancient Rome, and if you're, you're going to ask people who are the bad ones, it's him and Nero. You know, at the top of the list, and. That name is now synonymous with that type of behavior. And again, not Caligulin. You don't hear that enough, but that should be used. I think that word yeah. should get used. It's like that uh, the the Smiths uh, song. Uh, the, what's that line? Uh, what she said to me at the end of the day, Caligula would have blushed. That's my Morrissey. It's terrible. <laughs> it's also my Kermit. By way of Jim Henson. Yes. All right. So uh, fan casting. Fan casting for. Oh Caligula. wait, no. I'm sorry. No, the, alignment? the alignment. This is easy. Yeah, the alignment. Yeah. Let's go in the proper order. What he's is chaotic. The, yeah, he's chaotic evil. Yeah. When you're torturing people in public, you're chaotic evil. Yeah. There's elements of the other two for sure, but yeah, yeah. overwhelmingly, I think this is chaotic evil. So right. fan fan casting. This this was interesting because he's young. He's you know, like he's between his reign is between when he's like 24 and 28, something like that. So you need someone. And in like that these age days, range. he would just be a regular like 24. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This kind of behavior is like that's just typical. That's These sex positive. Damn millennials that's... with their participation trophies. Would you participation trophies in your sex parties? Um, <laughs> yeah, see, we're equal opportunity offenders. <laughs> <laughs> no, millennials are good people. They're saving the world. Hey, we, I'm technically I'm a, I'm a late stage millennial. Are uh, you? I think yeah, I'm considered I Gen X. I know, but yeah. I'm right on the line. I'm 81. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm 80. So that makes me. Go. Or if you go by this other term, like they had this like three Xennials? Yeah, exactly. Millennials or something. I, I'm fine with that too. But anyway. Yeah. Kids, what grew up on Nintendo? Well, for me, it was like I distinctly remember not having the internet and then having the internet. I feel like. Yeah, that I think that's like, the big dividing line for that's us. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like I had both. So I right. played outside and I like swallowed rocks when my parents didn't know it and things like that. And I couldn't and just also, look up any information at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Right. I had to go right. to a library. But then, then I started living like that. So I, I, I'm a day walker. I, I have both. Yeah. Anyway. So fan casting Caligula. Uh, it's John Hurt in uh, I, Claudius doing a good job there. Um, obviously, uh, does he, he, I think he passed. Uh, so he's out. Yeah, John Hurt. Um, yeah, yeah. He hasn't been answering our email. <laughs> I keep calling and nobody answers. Yeah, I I was trying to think of someone who's like young and you know th- this was kind of the vibe I think they were going for with like the Jesse Eisenberg Lex Luthor right someone who's kind of like young and kind of slimy but th- well Jesse Eisenberg's not a bad he's getting a little older he's, but he always he's seems okay. younger yeah he's 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 okay I don't know if I would go with necessarily with him oh uh, you know like, you he, know who's he, well uh, do you, I'm I'm just jumping in I'm just saying the only young actor I can think of. Like in that range that's kind of having a moment right now is Timothy Chalamet. Okay, he might be I'd, interesting. I'd go. I'd buy. I'd back that. Sure. And I only say that because he's young. Uh, I guess he's a he's a handsome young man, and uh, not that I would know. <laughs> I was a character. Yeah. I was just doing. Oh God, all this sex stuff. Anyway, um, no, he's a uh, kind of a big shot right now, and I feel like he could pull it off. 
How old's Eddie Redmayne? I don't know. What if I knew? What if I knew the answer to that question, Doug? You know who does? Uh, my wife has this magic power where, like, you ask her the, you know, what year a celebrity was born, and she's right way more often. Like, she's used—I won't say she's always right, but man, is she good. And I don't know why she has that ability to just recall people's birth years, but she she can do it. So there you go. Well, if only she was here. Yeah. Uh, so you're saying Eddie Redmayne? Is that what you're saying? I think he'd be a good choice too. You know, he's—I um, I could see him. I haven't quite seen him play this, but I, I think he's a very talented actor. So I'd, I'd go. Oh, we're with picking these androgynous people, kind of. You know, it's interesting, and I guess that's we're that's what we're sort of <laughs> tracking on. Hmm. Not that yeah, that's I inherently could... wrong. It just seems like if you're going to have these uh, orgies or whatever, it would make sense. Yeah, I mean, and these all kind of are, are similar to again, we've referenced him several times, but Joaquin Phoenix's character in in, um, in Gladiator is that vibe as well, right? It's just a little bit fey, a little bit but dangerous and and problematic. Creepy. No, sorry, no, it was just no, that was that and was kooky, and kooky, Mysteri- yeah. mysterious and spooky. Um, but uh, well, yeah, I. I I'm just trying to, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's it's an interesting time to be discussing these things because we're two fairly buttoned down guys. Sex as a weapon is never okay. <laughs> no. Just having like wackadoo crazy parties, that's fine. But yeah. No, he's definitely using it as a weapon. I mean, he's also right. doing it for fun. I mean, again, famously insatiable sexual appetites. But if, as again, long as everyone's consenting. But the problem is that when you're the emperor... There's always when you've declared power. yourself a living god. Yeah, yeah there's always a power dynamic. Yeah. So it's like at that point, can you find anybody that can actually just be on your level? And it's it, there's parody, but you know, no. it doesn't seem like it. No. So that leaves us with our title fight between Caligula and the Iron Sheik. Oh no! Wow. Okay. Well, the Iron Sheik's sexual appetites have not been fully explored. I will admit, no. but he is—he was a family man. He was so, a family man. He's from Iran, but pre-revolution. I don't think that factors in at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, then they have to take into the account the uh, inherent homoeroticism of professional wrestling. <laughs> right. Perhaps this fight would take a turn. Yeah. At some point. <laughs> well, mano a mano, Iron Sheik probably wins. But oh, I forgot this. So. Caligula did get in the ring with a gladiator. He did throw a lot of gladiatorial um, oh, this is games very and stuff. It's, yeah. So From he got in the ring, anyway. he bested the guy, and then they were only supposed to be using like, I don't know, wooden swords. It was like a, you know, a, right. um, uh, what do you call it? Just a, a for, for, it was all for show. Exhibition but then he, match. Yeah, exhibition match. Thank you. That was the word I was looking for. Uh, and then he fucking stabbed him because he, Caligula, and he brought a knife and, and just killed the guy. By so. the way, not to take away the fun of gladiatorial matches, but I only learned recently that like most of the time they didn't end in the person's death. That's actually a big yeah. misconception. That's really interesting. Well, because you know it, it ends their career, right? And it's a big waste of a valuable. Uh, if you're a rich guy who owns people that you can make fight, they're a commodity. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, but this this guy was killed because of course he's he's Caligula and he's gonna Caligul. Caligula so. got a Caligul. Yeah, got to so. Caligulate. What you up to, Caligula? Ah, oh, you know me. I'm just Caligulating. Uh, so. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wee. So I think in a fair fight, the, the Iron Sheik has to win because otherwise I don't think Caligula is much for combat. Sure. But if Caligula's going to fight dirty, he, he could easily win. That would be one hell of a WrestleMania when yeah. one of the wrestlers just, <laughs> just brings him. an actual knife. <laughs> and kills him. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. 
That really violates the K-Fab or whatever. It's <laughs> <laughs> K- K-Fabe? Did K-Fabe? I don't yeah. know. What the t- I can't remember what the term was. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, then we're giving it to the Iron Sheik, assuming that no one cheats. Right. Correct. So, okay. uh, And I think that covers uh, all of our usual stuff. So time for admin. So if you like the podcast, uh, we hope you're having fun with us. We've got good things coming down the pike. But again, please like, rate, subscribe, all that jazz. Uh, please leave a review for us. That's a very helpful thing that you can do, and it doesn't take a whole lot of time to do. And also, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, tweet at us at podcast but evil let us know what you think about uh, you know who would win in these fights who you want to see us cover um we did get a message on that so let me try and pull that up while we are talking yeah if uh, we were insufficiently supportive of exploring sexual boundaries doug wants to hear about it <laughs> I, I, I specifically want to hear all about it and keep it from dan uh, so this is a uh, feedback from robert moore who wrote and he said, Hey guys, I've listened to all the episodes. I thoroughly enjoyed every one. Cobra Commander was my fave. Looking forward oh, nice. to, uh, yeah, looking forward to listening to the next episode on Q. I uh, remember we do record these a little bit in advance. So um, this was obviously sent to us before the Q episode dropped. I was going to suggest doing an episode on one of the villains from Deep Space Nine, Gull Ducat or uh, Adami Wynn. Keep up the good work. I hope I pronounced this correctly because, uh, as I mentioned in the Q episode, I have not watched DS9. But uh, if we circle back to Star Trek, I will. we will make sure we uh, put those in the hopper because those are great Yeah, ideas. maybe we'll just do a collection of DS9 baddies. That'd be um, cool. Anyway, thanks, BT, for reaching out. Glad to know you're listening. Yeah. So what we've got coming up next in terms of villains, next week we're doing The Invisible Man, which will be fun. I've already started doing the uh, the workup on that, and that's uh, he's so cool. And uh, after that is good old Charles Montgomery Burns from The Simpsons. And after that, we're going to go to Latin America and do an episode on La Llorona. Is that how you say it? Yeah, it's your, it's LL, so it's La Llorona. La Llorona. See, I've been saying La Llorona every time I order one. <laughs> uh, I feel like an idiot. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I don't belong in 2020. I just realized. Anyway, I'm excited for all of those. Those all sound great. I think that covers everything. So until next time, gentlemen, do evil. Clink. Clink. What she asked of me at the end of the day, Caligula would have blushed. Oh, you've been in the house too long, she said.